0: Morning again. Got a pulse? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're alive. All right, that's a good thing. And uh, welcome. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, if you keep track of the seasons of the year, but today is actually Pentecost Sunday, according to Scripture. And uh, Pentecost is has to do with an Old Testament term, a time, a season. Uh, 50 days after Passover, they would uh, celebrate another feast and uh, celebrate the Lord's goodness. They'd celebrate the God in heaven. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the subject of, uh, of our Pentecostal roots and our uh, church and the fellowship. And I believe the early church is the pattern that the church of Jesus Christ can have today if we want it. I believe that with all my heart. And God is good. He helps us, yes. And so we'll call, this, uh, we'll call this message Empowered Faith. We talked a little bit about faith the last couple of Sundays, a little bit about the theme of faith. Faith is so good to talk and to encourage. Uh, faith is where it's at, and or actually faith in what is where it's at. Faith in whom is where it's at. And so we can have faith, I I don't have a lot of faith in my old trucks, I have some to a degree, but uh, they're kind of hobbling along, you know, we have a lot of fun with that at Ben's breakfast, the subject often comes up, well, what happened this week in the old thing, you know, we walk by faith, empowered faith, so I believe that we're going to go to the book of Acts, how many have read Acts lately, and... Yes, it's good action. When you think of acts, action. It was the church on fire for God. It was a church that was empowered with the Holy Spirit, not a strength that came from themselves. And I know myself, in my nature, I would just rather say nothing and be quiet. My nature is shy, but... Gone uh, had the way of making us bold with his Holy Spirit. Not crazy, foolish, but empowered by the Holy Spirit. So, a couple of verses before we get to our text. A couple of actually commissioning verses that Jesus spoke. While just before his ascension or his... Going back to heaven after his resurrection. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, gathering them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said you heard of from me. You know, the waiting thing. We don't like to wait in our society, do we? Waiting is a moo boy. You just go down the traffic. You just go on the roads. Especially where there's lots of traffic, people pull out, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Is it safe yet? Is it safe yet? Right? But people learn how to drive and be aggressive. or you get run over? Because we don't like to wait. We want to take every opportunity. How do you know when you're impatient? Well, probably be how fidgety you get when you're in line. You know? the tension rises, so forth. We'll leave that alone. Let's go to the next verse, Acts 1.8. This is a great verse which says, You shall receive power. How many would like a little power in your life? Amen. Let's put a turbo on our thing here. Let's put the power. Let's let the power of the Holy Spirit live in us. Why do we need the power? You shall be my witnesses. Witness is a life lived for God. Witnessing is a life displayed whom Jesus is in us. Jesus living through you and I. And though we may have times to speak and testify, our life is is probably the greatest testimony that you can live, especially when you're in a place a long time. Now, if you're moving around, of course, it's different. You just... Make the most of every opportunity you get to witness and to be a light for him. And this is what Jesus is saying to the disciples. Now there's going to be a waiting time. So number one, we present ourselves, we present ourselves to God. First point, present. And so in other words, there's other scriptures that talk about bringing yourself to God in Romans 12:1, Present your bodies a living, holy sacrifice And you know all those verses. It's a spiritual form of worship, letting your life become his. In other words, I'm not my own. In other words, what Jesus is asking of us, let me dwell in you so that I can do something great. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And the difference is that we can only do so much. We are like an earthen clay vessel which is vulnerable. We're weak and we can be broken. We can hurt. We can have pain. We can be discouraged, but God, the Holy Spirit is the same. He comes to encourage, don't give up no matter where you're at in your life, in your season's journey, in your faith walk. Never too late to get a touch of God. It's never too late in your life to be recharged, so to speak. To be able to be refreshed by the Holy Spirit. And so what is happening in the early church? Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm taking, I'm going back to heaven. And he did, but he said, I I will send the Helper. He promised the Holy Spirit. He talked about this to the disciples before his death and resurrection. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. That doesn't make sense in our minds. But it's all in the plan of God. The God, the Holy Spirit, has, he's the arm of God who works on the earth that he moves throughout every place of the earth looking for a heart in whom he can fill. He's looking for people like you and I that will be saying yes to him. and are you willing to seek me? This waiting thing is, tr- is very I think it's a discipline that we, we have to have to try to make time to wait on God. I don't like the wait. No, just being honest, that, that, get her done. That's, that's the model. So you see I see that on a T-shirt the other day. Get her done. That's a work ethic. That's a mode. That's an attitude. But what if God says, "Oh, well, we'll get her done, but we'll get her done in my time. You work with God. God working through you. So, the disciples are hanging out for 10 days. Because Jesus walked on the earth for 40 days. After the resurrection, he talked with people. People saw him. People were Eyewitnesses of the Lord. He entered rooms without the doors having to be opened. He shows up. Jesus was in his heavenly body. And they're waiting now to get to the text. As they're waiting, they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what was going to happen. They just had this expectation. I believe there's a a lesson here. When we pray and when we wait on God, there's an expectation that God wants to speak to us. There ought to be an expectation that we're going to lay aside and focus on Him because what He says, what He says matters. And what He does will make the difference, will transform us, that will bring us up out of the Maybe there's a discouraging time and he can bring us out of that because he's a life giver. We I mean, need a little of that today. Come on. You need a little encouragement from time to time. Waiting in God will help us. Please, 3 3.1, we know this great verse. This is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. In other words, God orchestrates the events that happen in our life. And God is at work always. And God is not there and having, watching, and waiting for us to mess up just so that he can pounce on us and, you know, fix us. He's waiting for you and I to come just as we are. There's no... There's no you don't have to look in such a way. You don't have to necessarily, you know, feel like you're worthy. We don't oftentimes feel worthy of what God has for us. But he wants us to come just as we are. And so as the disciples were waiting, in verse 1, the text, when the day of Pentecost, the day, it, now we say, well, just, did that just happen? It was the day of Pentecost. How interesting that Jesus launches the church on the day of Pentecost. This is the birth of the church. This is now believers receiving the Holy Spirit, what was taught in the scriptures. There's a word called baptism, a baptist baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now look what happens. They're they're there, they're waiting on God, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise. I wonder if it sounded a little bit like a freight train. Or you guys, have you ever been in a tornado? I haven't really been in a tornado. I don't really plan on doing that. But that's up to whatever. Lord, help us. The sound of a rushing wind. We've had some straight line winds. We've had some little things happen here in the Northland, and heaven knows there's some huge, catastrophic. Tornadoes, tornados, and parts of the world, and even in our little town called Emily, back in I believe the, the '60s, the, the tornado hit that lake and literally lifted the lake, and they saw fish, saw the bottom. People that were on the cabin saw absolutely amazing things. Several passed, several didn't make it, but many did. That you wondered, wow. Right, mighty, bless right. you. The wind represents the Holy Spirit. We'll see another sign, another parallel. It filled the whole house. You could not. You were not bored. You were sitting on the. You were at the edge. You were wondering. This is it. And it appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And now this is this really sounds crazy, doesn't it? They're speaking in languages they don't understand. But the people that were listening and looking on in the community were saying, they're talking in my language. And someone was saying, they're giving praise to God. So tongues schemes, this was this, the, the distinctive. Tongues was a, a gift that came from God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer, and Jesus baptized them in the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be afraid of that. We don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, wants us to know who God is. The Holy Spirit, his role is to help us be able to know more who Jesus is. And the more we know who he is, the more we become more like him. And the more we become more like Jesus, guess what happens? We begin to affect people around us. And we begin to witness. And we begin to flow over. Waiting waiting on God became absolutely a necessity. Waiting on God even today is an absolute essential in a Christian's life. Having times where you wait on God and just press in. You present yourself. And the Bible says you can lay all your problems at his feet. I'm on, you got a few. What do you mean? You can lay them, you cast yourself, you begin to look to him, and all of a sudden, isn't it amazing when you look to God how small, how sort of your problems sort of melt, and begin to say, it's not really that big of a deal, because God knows my needs. And all of a sudden, we take on this realm of peace that surpasses all understanding, that we don't have to have all the answers. We just got to know that God heard my cry. And when I know that God has heard me, then I can have the peace. And I can walk with a power that is not from me, but it comes from the Lord himself. They all were filled. And I like how it says, They were all filled. You see, later on we'll maybe get to it, but the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I believe the Bible teaches it's for everyone today. Not every church agrees. Well, I believe that it's for everyone who wants it, who wants more of God. We can have more of Him. I don't know about you, but that's a good prayer. Lord, I need more of you. Why, Why should we pray that? Why should we pray Lord I need all that you have for me? Why? Because we're going to need it. Because we're going to we go to the workplace. And you guys are working construction. You hear words that you probably wouldn't want to utter. You get sort of drained ah, a bit being in the world system and the way they think and the way they you know carry on. It's not people can Be just wow. Everyone has a potential to get better with the Lord. Everyone has a potential to change and be more like Jesus. What he looks for is a willingness on our heart to say, Yes, I need you. Peter was following the Lord prior to. Jesus' crucifixion, he was following the Lord. As the scripture says, he was afraid. This is getting down to the nitty-gritty. He, Peter was with Jesus all the way, almost to the end. But Peter stuck with Jesus. He, and he, was, he was, when he came right down to it, he, he, he buckled. We'll get to that verse in a moment. Hang on with me. I want to do the backdrop. Okay, Peter was a bold person by nature. I pick up on it. He was the guy, here. he'd step out of the boat. Jesus said, come on, how am I going? And Peter said, I will never deny you, Lord. Jesus said, yeah. You know, before the cock crows, you're going to die me three times. It broke Peter's heart. It really happened. It was a time when Peter was following the Lord at a distance because he didn't want to be found out. Even a little slave girl said, You, 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 you're one of them. No, 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 He said the words he shouldn't utter. Because he didn't want them people to find out. Now you take the verse, put the verse back, put the verse down. Verse 14. But Peter, look at how Peter changed, taking his stand with the leaven. He raised his voice, declared to the men of Judea and to all of you in Jerusalem, let it be known to you, and give heed to my words. And he goes on and preaches. The Word of God. He preached, I don't know how long, but he proclaimed the things of God. He proclaimed the things that were, were about Jesus, and he got all the way down into verse 37 of chapter 2 of Acts. And some of the people didn't like it. See, not everyone is going to accept the message. It's still our responsibility to preach it and law. You love people anyway when they don't receive what you stand for. You love them. It says, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. They were convicted. It was, it was, it was stirring up the pot. And Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? They were, were, they were asking, now what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. And let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise. And we look at this verse 39 further here for the promises for you and your children. And those who are far off. That's us. That's a long time ago. Those who are far. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to stick with the church till the end. The Holy Spirit's going to stick with the church till the end. For all those who are far off, all those who have yet to be born, for all those yet to have heard and had an adequate witness of the gospel of Jesus. So after we present ourselves to God, we... I want to talk a little bit about the purpose. We did talk a little bit about how it empowers us, how it makes us, um, enables us to do what we probably wouldn't do otherwise. So when I was in my young 20s, you know, I was a young once. I felt the Lord, I I grew up in a church, and I accepted the Lord as a boy, and oh, and and I I loved God. But I felt there's really more, isn't there? The old-timers used to call it a a different, a second, like a second um, sanctification or something like that. And they would actually ask the question in the the Pentecostal churches back in them days: have you received your baptism yet? I grew up with that. A lot of folks would say, well, what is that? What what are you talking about? I've been baptized in water. That's a good thing, too. That's actually a command. But the other baptism that Jesus talked about, in fact, John the Baptist referred to a baptism that Jesus would do would be baptized in, in the Holy Ghost and fire. And it's just so beautiful how God has This gift for us to empower the church to go out and preach the gospel, not only um, preach the gospel, but have the anointing to be able to minister and be used in supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, such as healings, such as deliverances, such as things that God thinks, miracles that happen. The same Peter takes his stand, the same Peter we, we, we saw walking with Jesus, now being baptized in the Holy Spirit, as Saint Peter goes out of the ministry, even people were being healed by his prayers because Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, was flowing through him. He was a different person. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is just not, is not just to make us feel happy. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, to be witnesses, to speak the truth in love. And so it can be somewhat confused. I believe the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a joyful thing, it is beyond our what this world would say is fun. The baptism in the Holy Spirit takes us to a dimension where we encounter God. We encounter His presence in such a way that we are so convinced that He is who He is. We are so convinced and we are so become more like Him. Now, once you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean that's it. That doesn't mean, well, I've done that, been there. The Scripture teaches be ye filled. Continue to be filled. And so, in other words, we've got to keep seeking. And so, now, in my life, things can go wear down like batteries in the Tesla, right? Batteries in the golf cart. You've got to be put on the charge. And so, as we go through this life, we can get caught up in and say, ah, all of a sudden, I haven't read my Bible for a while. Ah, oh, I haven't really been praising him like I ought to in my own time. I'm going to make up. I'm going to press in. So, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to remind us. Isn't that beautiful? He speaks to you and I. I believe he speaks to us often. Our problem, I think, is this: is this me? Is this is this my what I ate last night? Is this you know? And we're trying to sort it all out. And the best way to sort it out is to read the verses in the scripture in the Bible that will, they won't ever lead you astray. We can't just rely on people that are on YouTube either. No, You've got to check them out. You've got to check out the word. Let the word be your anchor. Ultimately. There's no magic Wave your wand, and now you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. People that are seeking sincerely. God knows your heart. Seek the Lord. He wants to baptize us. I believe it opens us up to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In general, there are nine of them, by the way. How many know all nine of them? Well, you could probably find where they're at. Right? Let me help you. They're listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. They're listed there before our access. Paul taught about the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the church and the purpose of them. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12, there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. Isn't it interesting how many varieties of churches and ministries and different kinds of outreaches we have going in the earth? Because God the Holy Spirit is working. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That one right there, the manifestation of the Spirit or the common good. When we receive Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is another, another measure. If you're wondering if you have the Holy Spirit or you don't have the Holy Spirit, start with saying, Jesus, come into my life. I want what you have. And I believe God the Holy Spirit moves into our heart when he hears a sincere prayer. But the other baptism of the Holy Spirit is another level of being immersed and even more full, even more open to what God has for us, empowering us. So he lists there's nine gifts to one who's given the word of wisdom. I could use a little of that a lot of times. Right? To another word of knowledge. That is an interesting gift. It's kind of... Chimes with discernment, which is another gift. But it helps you to see things as they are, or to see into things, and God puts a word of knowledge in your heart, and you know how to pray, or you know how to react, or you know to say, "Ah, something's not right." Didn't Jesus warn us in the last days there's going to be false prophets, false teachers? You check. So, another faith. Another faith. We don't, there's a gift of, there's faith, and then there's a gift of faith. Absolutely interesting. To another, gifts of healing. In other words, God uses people with a gift of healing. He gives them a gift of healing. It's not the person doing the healing, it's God doing the healing. Are you with me? How many want more of the gifts in your life? It's just, I want all that God has for me. I need everything I can get to be what I ought to be. I need all that I can get. I want all that God has for me. And he lists on prophecy, he lifts on tongues. He lists, and there's twofold. When it comes to tongues, the tongues, you have a prayer life. It's like a secret weapon. You pray in your quietness, in your closet. And then there, there's those tongues that there's a, somebody gives the tongues and we don't know what you're saying. And you're like, what? What's that all? About? Paul said there needs to be interpretation. You pray for interpretation. But what, what he's meant by that there is a need for interpretation is because someone gave a message in tongues for the church in the service. And there needs to be an interpretation. We need, to, we need to talk about that, sometimes in, a, in small groups to open up our questions because I think people will wonder, what are you talking about?" But this is part of the early church's distinction. This very thing. It's a promise. In church, back to the text now, we talked about those who are far off. I know we sang. Years pass, an old hymn called I Don't Know About Tomorrow, But I Know Who Holds My Hand. Some of the truths that were written in the hymns of the church were people that heard from God even to write those songs. And even today in our, in, in our fellowship of, of believers or young people we, we find that God is raising up young people to write new songs, fresh songs. And I'm glad for that. And I believe that there's a wind of the Holy Spirit that is blowing in, our, in, our, in, our, in the earth that young people and young generations are going to receive also this very thing, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It opens up our minds to the Depth, more the depth of God. And so we are empowered by Him, only by Him. If we are infused by Him, we become a a dynamo. We become a light. We become not what we think ought to happen. We begin to pray as God the Holy Spirit even prays through you. This gift opens up a broad, broader perspective in the things of, of the ministry and the things that, that will help people and set people free. It helps us to be able to walk in harmony with God the Holy Spirit and what He sees in the earth. The purpose is to evangelize. So many have not yet heard who Jesus is in our world. Hard to fathom, but so many yet to understand or have an adequate witness. Let's not give up. If we haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't feel any less. Don't feel like you're lesser Christians. It's not an issue of salvation. Salvation is Jesus Christ and the cross. He paid the penalty. This baptism in the Holy Spirit is like putting a turbocharger on. We can can go further. God can work in the dimension of the Spirit. This is a very spiritual world out there. There are many spirits that are not of God. But there is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's who we want. That's who we need.